You're listening to North Bay Christ the King's weekly sermon podcast. In this week's message, Pastor Dan McAvoy teaches on John's method for spotting false teachers of God's Word. We've been doing a teaching series called More Than Words, and we've been talking about that, that words or talk is cheap, but actions really do speak. Now, speaking of cheap, there's been a lesson we all have learned in life. If you haven't learned this lesson in life, it's this, that you get what you pay for. Have you discovered that lately? You, you bought something that was on low cost, low budget, and it was garbage, right? It didn't, it didn't last too long. I remember uh, thinking about, you know, cheap, cheap shopping was... My wife and I, Christy, we went, uh, took kids to mission trips. We went to Mexico. And, and if you ever, have you ever gone to Tijuana shopping? You ever done that before? That's quite the interesting experience. I was told, like, you could get name brand. Could we turn the lights up a little bit so I can see people? I appreciate it. Thank you, Jasmine. Um, I, I really like to shop sometimes. And it's kind of fun to shop, especially in, in Tijuana. Um, but... But what you find, like in foreign countries, you can actually kind of haggle over prices. And, and so you're, you're looking at the stuff that's there, and you actually, um, like, they have name brand items. And, and you know, and so you're, you're going along, and, you, and, and I remember, like, haggling over a, a leather belt, right? I mean, I think we spent a half hour, you know, fighting over this belt. And finally, I walked down the street. We're like done. And the, the guy's running down this shop. Senor, senor, I can still give you a deal on this, you know, and like just, and so finally we buy the belt, you know, and so but it was great. Came home. We had, we had, I got a Swiss army watch. I got Oakley glasses and my wife got a Gucci bag. You know what I'm saying? It was incredible until like the watch stopped, you know, the glasses broke and the Gucci bag. I don't think he even made it like home. I think it was falling apart as we're going. Like, okay, you get what you pay for, okay? You know, these are cheap knockoffs. They're not the real thing. They're, they're, there, is, there is things in life that appear to be real, but they're really, they're really are not. And, and so we all have been, you know, suckered in at times. because we, we, You don't have to admit it. I've admitted it. You, you know there's been times you've been taken. There's billions of dollars that people are getting scanned on and conned on all the time. Now, we wish it was only, you know, it was only money that we lose. It actually can come down, unfortunately, to some people, their very souls. See, I'm amazed by the most intelligent, educated, and successful people have been led astray. Doctors, professors, PhDs, highly educated people that have followed cults. You know, some of you are old enough to remember, you know, in 1970s, Jim Jones, he created this utopia in Africa where people moved down there. And then when things kind of went awry, you know, they, they were going to end it all. And so they, they drank the famous Kool-Aid. 1984, federal agents stormed a compound in Waco, Texas. Some of you remember this time where, you know, David Koresh had claimed to be the Messiah, where people were held up and many people, people died because of it. Years later, there was a highly promoted call at the time in Southern California called Heaven's Gate. Marshall Applewhite, he, he convinced 38 of his followers to commit suicide that, so they could um, board an, air, uh, an alien aircraft. They believe, he believed that they, this death would end up for them to kind of ascend to another dimension. 
You know, today we think about, and it's the news again this week, where, where ISIS and where, you know, young men, typically young men are brainwashed to, to believe a, a, a way of life and to sacrifice yourself by strapping bombs on them and, and driving into people and bridges. It's, it's, it's in our world. It's all around us. And, and I, I have a feeling here today, there's a lot of you who are not here to, you know, you don't, you don't plan to be brainwashed, you know, to shave your head and wear long robes and, and you know, for darn sakes, don't drink the Kool-Aid. When someone says, I don't think we'll ever drink red Kool-Aid anymore, right? But let me just ask, have you ever been spiritually scammed? Has there ever been a moment for you where, you know, you, it's, you're, you're just kind of minding your own business you're, and you're doing your thing, but you have been, you could look back where you're, you could say influenced by a church leader or a friend that's kind of pushed you to believe or behave in a certain way that, that filled with you with religious guilt. Where you spent all your time and all your energy and all your, even your money and you felt ripped off and you felt abused and abandoned. And it happens with, with many who are targeted, targeted, people that are targeted when they're weak or they're insecure or there's, there's shame. And, and mostly, mostly it comes out of fear. That people come along and they manipulate with fear and they do things in the name of Jesus. If you're here and you've been, you say, spiritually abused, it's a strong word, spiritually abused, where someone along the lines tried to convince you to go a certain way and act a certain way, and that brought a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. And you're here today, and that you darkened the door of a church again, that takes great, great courage. And at Christ the King, we really recognize there's there's the beat up and there's the broken out there in our world that are struggling and hurting. But unfortunately, at times, there's been some friendly fire. There's been some abuse and people feeling beat up and feeling hurt within the church and by church people. It happens because people are human and people have the wrong motives. They have the wrong desire and they get caught up in something that they pass on to others because just like there's domestic abuse that's generational, spiritual abuse can happen as well. People don't really realize it. So I want you to know here that we're, there's no gimmicks. There's no like four easy payments of $39.95. And if you act now, you know, we'll throw in a vial of St. Daniel's, you know, anointing oil. <laughs> Listen, I do not want to, I do not want to form a cult. Okay. I always want you to know that um, because what you have to do with cult, people all have to live together. I got my own house. <laughs> You can live with your, you know, you, you live at your house. I'll live at my house. Thank you very much. I'm not that persuasive or charming. I hope I would never be. And what, but I can deliver today. And I'm hopefully in humble, as much as I know in the way to do this is to crack open God's word and let the Holy Spirit speak us some truth to us directly today from the word. And the last few weeks, we've been doing a series on the the, the first letter of uh, Apostle John wrote to a group of people who were being sp spiritually manipulated. There were some false teachers leading people astray. The, the elite, even the, the, some of the best of the best were getting pulled away. And so in chapter four, where, where we left off, there's a warning. And I would say there's a, there's a lesson in life here. There was a warning. You can kind of sum up the whole heading, the whole section that we're going to talk about this. is Basically it's this, to stop, look, and listen and we're going to talk about this is love. To stop, look, and listen, and love. 
You remember stop, look, and listen, don't you? In elementary, the traffic, safety, we did that. And I just, for some reason, I remember Big Bird. And I don't know, it must have been Sesame Street with that traffic safety kind of went went together for me. But I just remember Big Bird out there in the traffic, and he's, he kind of was the she. Is it he or she? Big Bird. Okay, distractions, my brain. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, Big Bird um, would direct traffic and, sh- you know, kids, you got to stop. You got to stop. Don't go any further before you cross the street. You got to look both ways. You got to listen. Casey, cars, trucks, trains are coming. And then you can proceed across the street. I, I was thinking, you know, th- that's really good advice when it comes spiritually. And that's what the Apostle John does here is to stop, to look, and to listen. And as we're going to look at here, love. And I want to reflect on a few verses this morning from the message version. I don't know if you've ever read the message version, but it's so powerful, so practical that I want to take an approach and look at today some, just some, and share some thoughts as we do. So starting in chapter one, it, it says this, my dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. There are a lot of lying preachers loose in the world. Here's your, or here's your test for the genuine spirit of God. Here's how your test, you test for the genuine spirit of God. So here's the test. I love that. I love advice going. Here it is. Here's a, a filtering process for you. And, and so you can write some thoughts in here. Kind of put together like a, a litmus test of whether you can tell if you're getting spiritually scammed or not. This seems, this seems very, this seem very obvious, but they're actually not that obvious because people are still gullible to them. So these are important, I really think. First is this. John says it here, don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything you hear. Can we just, I don't care where you are politically, can we agree that the media, it's a gong show? Is that okay to say that? Is that fair to say that? I don't want to get too political here, but the reality is I don't care what side you're on. It's absolutely insane. I can flip on the news and I get a little bit of news and a lot of commentary. Okay, I flip on the other ch- channel. It's a complete same little news, but a lot of commentary and completely the other side. I'm like, are you hearing the same thing? I'm not really sure. And I'm sitting there and going, okay, this is this fake news? Or are they saying it's fake of the fake news? I'm really, really confused. I really am. And, and John is kind of saying the same thing to the first century church here. And it's so important in the vice of how do you know what's fake and how do you know what is real? And again, for verse one, he says, my dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. Then he says this, carefully weigh and examine what people tell you to stop, to look and to really listen before you get hooked in. Listen, we, you know, we live in a very image-driven cultural, you know, culture where we're pre-programmed to, to really get, you know, or told what we need. You know, do you ever, you go, you don't really need anything, and then you go to the store and you realize you're in need? Have you noticed that a lot? You go around like, I really, I'm, Costco really knows what I need. I just realized that, you know, I look around and I don't need that, but no, do I need it? You know, do I need a new, like, you know, air compressor? I guess I do, you know, it's, it's like, I, you see that all the time. And and it, I find that in my life, it's, it happens, and, I, and it's like, but then there's like people, if you're not sure, then they, they got people that you admire to tell you. Like, you know, you get that pro athlete, tells you how to hydrate, 
You know, you, you go and you, you watch, you know, I didn't think I needed like really clean skin or like smooth skin. And then, you know, some celebrity tells you how smooth your skin can be, right? You're like, oh, wow, I love smooth skin. A funny beer commercial that this tells you how, this is how you have a good time. You get a few of these. You know what I'm saying? We get caught up in this. And, and, and John's saying, watch out. Watch out for the lies out there. But also, this is very important. Watch out for the lies that could potentially be in here. The, the church itself, he writes this, not everyone who talks about God comes from God. There are a lot of lying preachers loose in the world. There is. There's people that are saying with the wrong motives. They're, they're, they're out there. And, and it was back in that day. And it, was, it, it can still happen today. See, one of the Ten Commandments you, you know is the, don't take the Lord your God's name in vain. That's we learn don't cuss, right? We've learned that. We, we kind of know that before. But you take it further. Some people have used the Lord's name in vain by proclaiming it in the name of Jesus. It's kind of playing spiritual poker. You ever done that before and you're with people and how's it going? You're playing and then you're like, you lay down your hand. How's it going in life? And they go, well, let me tell you, this is what God told me. Whoa, there's nobody who can play that hand. I mean, he got the God told me card. That's powerful. That trumps anything. That's a joker you throw in there. There's nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, and there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, the Lord spoke to me or done that. But sometimes there's kind of this attitude with it. Well, I'll tell you, yeah, that's it. But you know what? God told me. Oh, you know, what do you do with that? Right. You know what I'm saying? We have to be careful with that. And yet people come along and I'm thinking sometimes, you know, people are doing things in Jesus name and like Jesus, like. I'm out. I, I don't endorse that because it's coming from the wrong heart. It's coming from a place of manipulation. Can I, can I tell you, I, I really do. I just admire the guys that shared this morning. I think it's so true. But I tell you, and, and myself included, whoever has a microphone up here, you, you're not to just believe every single thing, hook, long, and singer, and not think, be critical thinking about it. It doesn't mean being a critical person, but just processing a little bit. Is what it's saying true? Does it ring true? See, the only thing that we can have that's 100% true is God's word. It's the only thing we can have. Let, let me ask, have, how do you know if you're hearing false doctrine? How do you know that? Well, I love how it's described in the book of Acts of a group called the Bereans. It says they were, it's interesting, they were eager to hear what Paul and Silas said and studied the scriptures every day to find out if these things were true. And I think that's so hilarious because if I was like in the day and I was hearing from the apostle Paul who wrote half of the New Testament, I wouldn't be going, oh, Paul, I don't know if that's really exactly, you know, accurate, right? I would be like, yeah, but they didn't know him back then like we know him today and what we have. And so even Paul, the apostle Paul, even these, these guys that were, you know, close and some of the eyewitnesses that saw Jesus, they're like, well, wait a second. That sounds good. Okay. I'm going to go back and I'm going to look it up it'll look it up for myself. I'm going to study it. And I love what it says every day. I hope that challenges, it sparks you. And, you know, sometimes I'll hear, oh, you know, pastor, that was a great, you know, that was a really nice sermon. And I'm okay with that. I get what you're saying when you do that. But if, if it's all just kind of nice, it's usually one ear out the other. I'm hoping in your, as you leave here, you feel a little bit challenged. You, 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 you're going to take it a little bit. Just to take it like, ah, oh, man, that got me. Uh, you got me there, okay? And I need the same thing. When I'm doing this, it's coming back this way. 
And that's the conviction of God and the word that can do. But, but to go back and go, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to go, hmm, I'm going to hold it here. I'm going to go and look it up myself. I'm going to study it for myself. And, and the Bereans, what they did is they studied it every day to find out if it's true. See, you, you can't know a lie until you know the truth. I love how, you know, many years ago they described how they found counterfeit money. You know, how do you find a counterfeit bill? You know, the $20 bill is the most counterfeit bill because it can kind of fly under the radar. When you throw down a 50 or 100, you ever go in the store and they're like, ooh, $100 bill, is that even real, you know? But no one questions the 20, right? So this is, they, they, they found that they, they couldn't control the counterfeit money that was coming in. And so they had experts trying to study all the ways people bring counterfeiting money. And then they came to find out is like the best way to actually figure out what the counterfeit money is to really know exactly and be experts on the original. I'll tell you, it's the same in God's word. If you want to hear, if you, do you know what's a lie? Do you hear, is, that, is there something wrong? It's when you know the word. When you know scripture and you know it in your mind and you know it in your heart and it's there and it's there is coming along like, oh, I don't know if that's quite, let me go back and look that up. Let me go study it. Let me look at this scripture and all this scripture. I've been doing, I was doing a Bible basis class and we were learning context. So sometimes people can take the Bible out of context. They just quote a verse and like, I think we need to kind of look at the other verses around it and why it was written and all that comes into play. And you only know that by studying it, by reading it, meditating on it. And and then digging in. So that's important to know, the, to know the truth. Don't believe everything here. And also another litmus test is this. So you don't get spiritually scammed. Is the answer should always be Jesus. The answer should always, at the end of the day, be Jesus. I, I don't know if you grew up in Sunday school. I, I, I didn't do that much, but I, I remember going to VBS. And I remember, like, not knowing anything. And my buddy next to me, if you get, he says, you get called upon to say Jesus. Like, that's the answer. Like, you know, what cookies do you want, Danny? Jesus. Like, I just, you know, I just said Jesus. And I, and I thought that's a pretty good advice in life in, in any ways. You know, if you're playing Bible trivia, just say Jesus, okay? But more than that is if you're not unsure in life or where to turn or how to handle a situation, if you're struggling and finding direction or where to go and what to do, just say Jesus, it really comes down to really what the Apostle Paul says here. The answer at the end of the day is Jesus. And if it's not Jesus, you're going to get spiritually scammed. He writes this, everyone who confesses openly his father in, 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 I'm sorry, his faith in Jesus Christ, the son of God, who came as an actual flesh and blood person, come from God and belongs to God. Everyone who refuses to confess faith in Jesus has nothing in common with God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist that you heard was coming. Well, here it is sooner than we thought. John's just nailing. He goes, listen, this is a false gospel. There's something not right. You need to understand. And one way to know there's false teaching is how they treat Jesus and understanding Jesus. John was repeating this whole Jesus came in the flesh thing, which is all through 1 John. And he emphasizes this because some people were not believing that Jesus literally came as flesh and blood. Now don't, don't, I don't want to lose you here, but there's a, there's a little belief, a false doctrine going around called doxism, which was the Greek word for seems. So what was happening was these people were going, well, it seemed like Jesus was, you know, because there's a few generations that people didn't actually see Jesus on the earth. It seemed like he was on the earth. It seemed like he was real, but it really, he really wasn't flesh and blood. He really, really wasn't human. And so that becomes a huge problem. Why? 
Because it wasn't flesh that died on the cross. It wasn't blood that was shed for our sins. It needed to be. See, Jesus needed to be all human to be that mediator between God and man. He needed to be all God to be that mediator between God and man. It, liter- it was literal flesh. It was literal of blood that needed to atone for our sins. And that was the problem that the, this early church little fraction, for whatever reason, was not believing that he was more of a, a hallucination. He was more of a, a ghost in a sense, rather than human beings. And that becomes a, a problem. And see, even today, even today, there's, there's cults out there that believe a different Jesus. There's cults of our day that claim and they might talk about Jesus, but Jesus isn't the centrality of their faith. They've made other things, and let's just say this, made other people bigger than Jesus. And can I, can, I, can I pick at this a little bit, and, and, and we can say this because we're not a big church, but we really do have to be careful, and people need to be careful of big churches and big ministries. Now, you're thinking, what, where am I? It, it, and it's this, is when, when someone is put on a platform in a bigger auditorium, in a bigger coliseum, in a bigger deal, there's a danger that they could be or perceive, others perceive them bigger than Jesus. We live in the superstar culture we are. We live, and so we have to be careful of idols. Now, it doesn't mean that there's some pastors or some Christian speakers that have huge platforms that it isn't about them. They've made it very clear that it's very much. So admiration and worship are kind of a tricky thing. But I just want to tell you this. If you and I make someone bigger than Jesus, you know what happens? Jesus steps off the platform. Listen, when pride steps up on on a stage, Jesus goes, I'm out. I'm out. Never, ever make anybody or anything bigger than Jesus. Another litmus test to watch out for spiritual scams is this, to, you know, to, to, to stop and to look and to listen, to recognize and listen to the spirit within you, the spirit of God as a believer that's within you. I'm a Star Wars fan. I, I, don't, I admit it. I love Star Wars. I love, you know, Empire Strikes Back in that moment. And yo, you know, a little green guy comes on the stage there, comes on the, in the swamp. And we discover that he's actually a Jedi, you know, a Jedi Knight. And he's going to train young Luke. And, and, and so you remember these moments that he spoke of the force and, and specific you know, made specific profound statements. And I think, I think Yoda, I think he might've been, is it verbally dyslexic? Is that what he had going on? And so he, he would say, much to learn you still have. Meditate on this, you will. The force is strong within you, young Jedi. Right? Do you remember those moments? Now, Here's where, this is where the test of whether there's false doctrine being preached right now, but just go with me on this, and that is, what if Yoda got saved? Just go with me on this, okay? What if Yoda got saved? He could be a Christian mentor, right? What would he say? What would he tell us? He would say this, listen to the spirit that's within you, I tell you. Okay. Listen, I'm okay. I'm okay. Fine for you to find your, 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 your mentors out there, but there's not one Yoda out there for you and I. There's actually one spiritual mentor, the very spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit that's in you, that can mentor you, 
and can change you. John goes on, of the, our divine mentor, he says this, my dear children, you come from God and belong to God. You've already won a big victory over false, those false teachers. Why? For the spirit is in you. The spirit is in you is far stronger than anything in this world. Listen, the spirit that's in you, the spirit that's in you is far stronger, no matter where you go through and what you d- deal with and all the pain and all the problems and the, and the times your people are coming against you, anything, anything that comes, it, and guess what? It's the spirit in you that's greater than anything in this world. He said, those people belong to the Christ-denying world. They talk the world's language, and it says this, the world eats them up, eats it up. They're all caught up in it. They're all caught up in it. And we, when we, we get all caught up in it, we're missing the Spirit of God that's speaking to us and challenges us and helping us and moving in this Christ-like battle. And listen, we're, there's a battle of influence going on in our life all the time. It's clamoring at us all the time. And, it's, and we've got to find the voice. We've got to listen and tune with the voice of God that's telling us. But yet we battle, and what we battle with is this. We have fear that's there. It's, they call it the FOMO. You know what that is? The fear of missing out. And it's all in our lives and the prevalent in our culture. And John goes on in verse 6. He says, but we come from God. So all this is going on. He says, we come from God and belong to God. Anyone who knows God understands and listens. What he's saying here is this, is that Scripture says, since we come with God, we can recognize the voice of the Spirit within us. If we would just stop... We would look, and we would, we would listen. I'll tell you, when, the, when we do that, when we stop and look and we listen, guess what? God's speaking. And he's speaking in these moments. And I would say, I wish, I wish I could say that there's all these moments I had, I'm super spiritual, that it's happened. But I have had a few moments. And many times, and I have had a friend that I've known since high school and was very, very influential in my life. And just, it's one of those like brothers, like, you know, you just, your soul brother kind of things. And, and, but, but I kind of went one direction and he went the other. And he really walked away from his faith. In fact, 15 years ago, was, I had found out that he'd walked out of his marriage and his family. And, 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 and so I'm just going, oh my gosh, what's going on? And a mutual friend says, well, you know, if you're trying to find him, uh, you could, he kind of eats at these, these kind of places. I, he goes, I've seen him at different places. And so I had that in my back of my mind. And one, one day, I was, it was probably at 1.30 in the afternoon. I was in my office and, and all of a sudden it's like, like almost like someone poked me out of my chair and all of a sudden I found myself standing up and then I'm reaching for my keys and my, my phone and everything. I'm like, I guess I'm going somewhere. Like it felt like, like I was held hostage and I'm like, where am I going? And then as I'm walking down the hallway out the building, I realize, Oh, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to find this guy. Okay. God, there's 200 people, thousand people in the County or in the world. But my friend mentioned there's some places. And so of the five places I pick one. So I walk into this eating establishment, and there he is. No joke. I said, God, you, you're doing something here. There's a work you're doing. I just know, now what do I do, though? Because <laughs> I, I already had lunch. And so, like, okay, I guess I'll eat again. And so I'm just going, hey, oh, hi, how are you? Hey, you, you eat alone. Can I join you? And I, he began to pour out his heart, all that's going on, all his struggles. And I, I wish I could say he repented and came to Christ, back to Jesus, and all that. No, no. He was doing his way, was, but he shared all that was happening in his life. He made that choice, and he didn't choose God's direction. 
He made a choice, as John points out, in the end of verse 6, he said, people who have nothing to do with God will, of course, not listen to us. This is another test for telling the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. Listen, people get deceived. And we forget that when, when people are, do not know Christ or walking in Christ, they are, they're going, la, 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 I don't want to listen, I don't want to listen. And pretty soon they've learned to tune out the Holy Spirit. And they're not able to hear the Holy Spirit as well, the people that are continuing to do that. And, and, and I know this is kind of silly, but you think about a dog and the dog whistle, you know, you ever, I don't have a pet, but you know dogs, and all of a sudden you're like, everything's normal, like, like what's going on? Well, the, the dog, there's nothing around. There's no squirrel, there's no other dog, but they heard some kind of high pitch that's out there in the dog. And I'll tell you, we need to be a little bit like our pooches. We need to be in tune. We need to listen. There's a frequency that God is speaking to to us. And, and, and you're wondering, how come we can hear and others can't? Because listen, when you, before you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ and before you're a Christian, you need to realize that you couldn't hear either. You, you, do, you weren't able to hear. And, and, and so when people would talk about the Bible, it was like, wah, 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 wah. Like, you know, Charlie Brown, you know, his teacher, wah, 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 wah. But pretty soon when, when Christ is in you and you has changed, you're like, oh, I can hear now. I can, I can understand it. This all makes sense. Now, I, I would tell you that, you know, I was disappointed. You know, my friend didn't respond the way he did. I actually just recently reconnected with him and not quite there yet. He's on it. You know, work, God's at work, I could tell, in, in his life. But I realized something and I learned, try to learn is I'm not responsible for someone else's work that God's doing in them. I only do my part. And I'm only going to listen to God and what he tells me to do. And God has to work on those around me. And, and it's not, not that I don't learn from other people, but I tell you, I don't have a mentor. The Holy Spirit is my mentor. I learn from many people, but he is the one ultimately that speaks to us and can speak to you in your life. I want to be sensitive to his leading, but I'm allowing him to do that work, the voice. And I tell you, there's times it feels like a still small voice that God speaks to us. And I'll tell you other times it's a two by four, isn't it? Let me ask, what is God speaking to you right now? What is he saying to you right now? And when you're prompted the way, respond to it. What is it? It's prompting you by God's word to turn. And that, that's a very important litmus test is to listen. But finally is this, to stop, look, listen. And I, I would add, and John adds, is love. Love is his pure motive and outcome. Now you can read the rest of chapter four and really all through first John, it is about love. It is about this credible love of God and this love capacity to love others. And if you're doing our, our small groups, doing life together, there's a whole lesson you can do as a group to go through this chapter. But I want to just highlight a couple more verses here before we take some time together around the Lord's table and communion. John, 1 John 4 says this, God is love, but when, we, when, we take up, when he takes up permanent residence in a life of love, read that again, when we take up permanent, permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house because at home and mature in us, so we're free of worry of judgment day. One stands in the world is identical with Christ. There's no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is, a, is crippling a fearful life, fearful, fear of death, fear of judgment is one not yet fully formed in love. I find that interesting. All that John's talking about, a, a faith and maturity and growth is all in the capacity, in the, in the, in the umbrella of love. 
See, I, under, I mentioned earlier, one of the underlying reasons people are persuaded, people are manipulated, most of the time is out of, out of fear. It really is out of fear. That, that if they don't do this, if someone's, you know, persuasive enough to say, if you don't do this, you're going to miss out. If you don't do this, you're going to experience God's judgment. If you don't do this, you're, gonna, you're not going to experience his favor. You're not going to experience his forgiveness or whatever scam that's out there that there's a strong voice that brings because if we don't, we're going to feel guilt. We're going to feel shame. I tell you, there's something's out there sometimes we got to watch out there. It's called bad religion and it gives God a bad reputation. See, God is love. His character, his very self is all perfect love. It is not fear. John tells us that perfect love is made, it casts out, it pushes out fear. Now, when we think of love, we always think the opposite's hate, but John says the opposite is, is actually fear. In the NIV, it says this, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So I tell you, his love, his perfect love calms all our fears. We don't have to be in fear. Why? Because of love and God is love and God expressed his love first. We love, John says, because he first loved us. We have the capacity to love in supernatural love. We have the ability to love in such a way that doesn't manipulate others, but to, to, to actually love and love in a perfect way because of perfect love. But, but perfect love didn't, didn't happen without a, a perfect sacrifice. As our team gets ready, our, we're going to have a time of communion. They're getting ready now and our team worship team is coming forward. In a moment, we're going to serve you I've got this last question is, what fear do you have that's not been made perfect in God's love? What fear do you have that has not been made perfect in God's love? John talks about how one who's in fear has not yet form, fully formed in love. What is it right now? What is that fear? What is it that's, that's it's just holding you back. It's just, for you to really experience God's love. Is there some guilt? Is there some shame? Is there some habitual sin, habits that are affecting you, that's holding you back, that's weakening you? Can I tell you, God's great love came because of this great sacrifice that was done for us through the cross. And it's through the cross that we can experience freedom from shame and guilt and fear then we don't have to be manipulated by anyone or anything to talk us in, to scam us in any other way spiritually. We just go to him and say, I receive your perfect love because of this perfect sacrifice. That's what, that's what Jesus did for us on the cross for us.